And so yes. if you have a miscarriage in your past yeah. or in your family, you can you can identify with their pain right. by sharing your story. Now, yeah. obviously, you're not trying to one-up them. Oh, my story's worse than yours. But you're just saying, you know, I've been through this. I know what you're struggling with. I know the thoughts, the feelings. Here's how I felt. And so if there's a way that you can relate to them, and maybe it's not a story that you have, but maybe it's a story of a friend, mm-hmm. um, it's helpful. Because it just lets them know that you at least see from their perspective, you can identify with the pain. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry, and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, I've touched your heart. Use me, Lord, use me, Lord. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. I am here with Daniel Parks. What's up, guys? Hey, Daniel. And I'm, I'm Vicki Kosiorg, and we're recording remotely we are in the new year. We're not yet in the new year, actually. We're recording ahead of time. But, yes, we um, are. But you will be listening to this in 2023. We're excited about what this new year is going to bring. And um, and so thanks. Thanks for all all of you being here. I think this is our, is this our fourth year of recording podcast? Yes, yeah, that's a good question. Uh I think it is. I think we wow. started recording, I should know this, um, wow. in 2019. So did that make it our fourth year? Yeah, 2023 will be our, our fourth year of recording this. Yeah. And, and as always, we just encourage you all to look back over those um, over three years yeah. of, of episodes because I, I just really can't think of many things we haven't covered over, yeah. over that oh, amount yeah. of time. All of them directly related to the sidewalk work. Most of them derived from experiences we've had on the sidewalk where we the, we've either blown it and we're helping you not <laughs> to blow it <laughs> or or where there's been success and um and we hope that maybe we have some tips that will help others. So it I, it's a really valuable tool and we try to keep them short. Yeah. You know, try to keep them about a half an hour so that you know on your drive to work or whatever you're able to listen. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's amazing to me that we come up with new episodes for every week that we it just, is. these subjects come across <laughs> our our radar and actually I think we repeat ourselves quite often, but I don't think that matters because it's good to repeat ourselves. It's good to remind ourselves of the principles that we operate under, the biblical truths that we operate under. It's good to remind you guys. I mean, I think a lot of times these episodes minister to us just as much, if not maybe more than you guys who are listening, because we're learning stuff. We're it, It's good to kind of rehash situations. I know you do that a lot with the stories yeah. that you tell in these episodes, which is yes. um, going to be you know a little bit of what we cover in this particular episode. Mm-hmm. But you're kind of like reminding yourself of what happened in the story, kind of debriefing out loud um, right. about the story. And it kind of solidifies the principles and the things and maybe even some improvements that need to be made. Um, yeah. as you're as you're talking through it. Well, uh, that's really true and a really good point. And in fact, I had prepared this article probably a month ago, at least a few weeks ago, and 
Yesterday, the exact same situation came up again. And I will tell you, as a young sidewalk counselor, not young in terms of age, but young in terms (laughs) of experience. Um, I haven't been young in a long time, but but, um, I probably would not have known how to deal with this. But I do now. Because yeah. we've, I, I wrote the article, I, I studied it, I researched it, we had talked about it, and I was able, I had a brand new counselor who was there with me training um, yesterday, and she silently listened to the whole interaction, and um, and then I debriefed with her when it was over, because it it was, it's a hard issue. So, and yeah. that issue is... I have seen this now, this was the fifth time, I think, in the past couple of months, a mom who was coming to have an abortion because of a history of miscarriages. Yeah. And the fear and thought of the sorrow of going through yet another miscarriage was more overwhelming to these moms than the idea of having an abortion, Yeah, which is... It really is not right thinking, and we're going to talk about yeah. that that more. But um, I get it. I mean, I do get it. I understand it. I have never had a miscarriage, but for many people have, and and I've been told it is some of the worst pain you can possibly go through. Yeah. So I get it, but um, it still doesn't justify the abortion. But I understand the yeah. Um, yeah. the desire to avoid that pain. Again. Yeah, I mean, the reality is, as far as just like, I know we're not talking just about physical pain, right? I mean, there's right, emotional exactly. pain, there's mental pain and all right. of that. Yes. But as far as the the way things happen, the vast majority of abortions being abortion pills, uh, the abortion pill, and this is the way the abortion industry says it, essentially is an induced miscarriage. Right. So again, it's it's like, it doesn't really make sense. and. Sometimes we could scratch our heads because it doesn't make sense to us why someone, because of the grief of a miscarriage and the potential for more grief because of miscarriage, someone would go ahead and intentionally kill the child, induce a miscarriage. It doesn't make sense, right? Right. But we have to understand, of course, that we're operating not just in the physical, but we're dealing with spiritual things that are at work. And the vast majority of the women that we encounter, as a matter of fact, you know, almost 99.999% of them wouldn't be believers. They're under the sway of the wicked one. And some maybe are believers, but have walked away from the Lord. Yeah. Um, we're dealing with spiritual stuff. We're dealing with people that have believed a lot of, a lot of lies from the devil. And there's a lot of confusion and chaos that it's going on in their life. And so a scripture that comes to mind, which is a scripture you have in this article, mm-hmm. is God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And many of the women that we encounter at the abortion center are under a spirit of fear. And I've shared this before, and I'll share it again. When people are under a spirit of fear, what happens? Well, power, love, and sound-mindedness sound sound mindedness go out the door. People don't think soundly when they're under a spirit of fear. So why a woman would want to abort her child because she's afraid that she might have another miscarriage. It's not sound thinking. So what do we know? We know we're dealing with a spirit of fear. How do you combat a spirit of fear? Faith. You bring faith into the equation. You talk about the Lord. You use the three talking points that we talk about. The main one of which is God, what God says, what God says about you, about your baby, about your future, 
all of that, right? And so yeah. I think that's important for us to understand. Because yeah. again, we scratch our heads, we don't understand. And sometimes our reaction could be if we're talking to a mom, my temptation at least for a reaction would be, what? That doesn't even make sense, right? Are you crazy? What's yeah, wrong with you? you? Are you crazy? <laughs> well, she's under a spiritual power. She's under the power of the wicked one. She's under a spirit of fear. And we need just to break through that. Yes. And we need to allow the Lord to minister through us to her. Yeah, yeah. So um, that that's a great segue into the the actual story then. So she, um, a, I saw a woman walking into the abortion center, not the typical like look yeah. of, of what I usually see. She, she was, she had a really nice car. She had really nice clothes. She was very put together, very well dressed. Um, she, she looked like a young professional. She just didn't look like for whatever reason, someone that I would have envisioned coming here for an abortion. Yeah. And, um, and so I was a little confused. I wondered maybe was she coming for a job? That's what she looked like. She was dressed that way, but I called out to her as I always do, um, uh, with the three talking points, assuming she's there for an abortion. Yeah. And, um, she completely ignored me. But I I had a, a good amount of time because she parked in the wrong parking lot. So I had more time than I would normally have. And um, and I called out to her the whole time about God, about resources, about the baby, and that we had help. And we had the, the we did have our mobile ultrasound unit there that day. So we had a free mobile ultrasound unit um, to show her the baby. And she just didn't even look my way. Um if I didn't know better, I would think she didn't hear a word I said. Yeah. And she went in. And I I got on the microphone and talked on the microphone knowing that they can hear us inside the building and, you know, was able to talk for, uh, I don't know, a good maybe half an hour. And she came out. Um, and um, I called out, oh, honey, did you change your mind? We We would love to help you. And she came right to me and said, I'd like to have that free ultrasound you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and I, I asked, did you, that's great. Yes, absolutely. Did you, did you change your mind? And, um, she started crying and said it was really hard that basically what she was going through was really hard. So I, there was not a clear yet change of mind, I don't think, yeah. but she couldn't have the abortion. She couldn't go through with it. Okay. So she came aboard and, um, and as her story developed, um, she's married. Um, I believe she had other kids. Uh, the husband didn't even know she was there, uh, because she had a history of miscarriage. She did several and she just said, not only could she not go through the pain of another miscarriage, but she hadn't told the husband because she said he had probably suffered even more than her and she, she didn't want to put him through it. So she's all alone in all this trauma and grief, feeling that she can't share with with anyone. Yeah. And um so she uh we we strongly encouraged her that that she do let her husband into this pain with her. That um yes it would be hard on him, but uh you know, he had the right to know and um and she should not go through all of this alone. And of course that we would be there with her. Yeah. Um, but um, 
uh, some of the specifics that that we're going to go a little bit later in the story about the, some of the things that I specifically shared with her that that I've learned through all these times dealing with this um, common situation. But um, but she she we looked for the baby, but couldn't find the baby, and the sonographer told me later she kind of had the look of a womb, a uterus that was probably miscarrying. So, um, uh, and she, the sonographer has to be very careful about what they say because we can't diagnose, but we, she did encourage her. You, we would strongly recommend don't go back in that abortion center, go to an ER. You need to go to an ER. We don't know what's going on, but it's not what we expected to see. And, um, and we would really strongly recommend that, that, you go see a, either the ER today or have an appointment as soon as possible. And we referred her to um, Edith, our high-risk doctor, that, yeah. that will talk with um, with any mom. So she actually did. She did call Edith later, and Edith also said, listen, let me get you in. Edith was able to get her into an OBGYN within a day or two. Yeah. So while she was on board, though, um, we of course talked talked about God, and she claimed to know God. In fact, she was raised, I think, by very strong Christian parents, who would have been probably horrified that that she was there. But um, but as you know, and then we we talked about why she felt that she needed to have this abortion, and really the only reason. The only strong reason was the fear of these mis- she'd had many miscarriages and she did not feel she could endure another. So um, one of the key, we're going to go into, I think I outlined key principles later, yeah. but one of them that after talking about, like you said, Daniel, share, bringing a sound mind means bring them back to the Lord, bring them right. to an understanding of the Lord. But a key principle in dealing with a mom who is saying, I need to abort for whatever reason to avoid the pain that I fear will come. And that pain can take be for many reasons. It doesn't this doesn't necessarily mean just with a miscarriage, um, yeah. but with with anything, um, raising a child alone. I'm I'm just terrified. I I can't deal with the pain of being alone through yet another pregnancy, whatever. Um, is to talk about certainty versus possibility yeah 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 absolutely yeah yeah because the reality is again there's this possibility that she could miscarry especially if she's had several miscarriages in the past right. um, but there's always a possibility that a woman who's pregnant could miscarry right um, right versus again the certainty and so that's what i would voice to her or if i'm ministering to the boyfriend or the the husband or whatever he would say, you know, she's she's already miscarried three times. It's quite possible she's going to miscarry this time. So that's why we're here. I think would be, well, that is possible. But it's certain that if you go through with an abortion, if she goes through with an abortion, that baby is going to die. Right. So why not allow that child the opportunity, right? Because you're just essentially you're saying it could that baby could die. So let's go ahead and kill it. Right. Again, it doesn't make sense. But I think sometimes, of course, with compassion, meeting them where they're at, love and with a gentle tone 
helping the, them to understand how ridiculous what they're believing and what they're saying is, I think is can help them to, to wrap their minds around the reality that um, they're doing the wrong thing, right? right? And so, again, I think voicing it back to them, you know, yeah. you're concerned she might miscarry, and yet you're you're ensuring that she does. Like, that doesn't make sense to, to me. Why are you ensuring that that baby dies whenever there's a possibility that, that baby could die? And she really, voicing that back in her case, I think was really key. Yeah. I think that was the turning point for her. She just said, really, she admitted, I, I, you're right. This this doesn't make sense. I did ask her if if Jesus was her Lord. She claimed he was. Now, when someone says that and they're there um, about to abort, yeah. normally I would go into detail of the gospel and what it means if Jesus is Lord. And I will say in this case, um, the Holy Spirit put a check in my spirit okay. that— I should not. This was a woman dealing with just intense grief. She had just had a miscarriage also, months before. So she had a history of miscarriage, had just had a a very recent miscarriage. She was dealing with, she was crying the whole time she was on board. Yeah. Um, She was all alone, hadn't confided in anyone. We were the first people that she had talked to about any of this, a whole history of grief that she had carried alone. And I just felt like I couldn't heap more grief, no matter where it led at that moment. I thought there will be a time later, but now is not the time. And instead I asked her, um, she, I asked her, are you, are you mad at God? And she was, she was, um, she, she just, uh, I said, you know, I, I get, that that you must be asking why, yeah. why would um would God allow this to happen? And she started crying even harder. Then I think that was exactly what she had been wrestling with. Yeah. And um and I said, uh, you know, I I feel um I share your your struggles sometimes, not in this specific in- instance, but you know, when some really terrible things going on in my life, and I say, "Why? What have I done? Yeah. <laughs> I I don't deserve this." That's kind of my feeling. I I don't get it. I just don't get it. Um, and I said, "But but you know, God is well acquainted with suffering, yeah. and um, He knows what it is." to watch a child suffer. You know, yeah. God God sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin that we deserve. And I can't imagine watching what Jesus went through. Can't imagine yeah. it um, yeah. as, as his father. So I said, um, you know, he, for us, he suffered greatly. He's with you in your suffering. I think he, he, he certainly understands. He un- yeah. he understands your suffering, and um, and urged her to try and understand the kind of love that um, that that must entail for what right. Jesus yeah. did to us and and what his father allowed to happen to him, um, and that seemed to comfort 
her. Yeah, yeah. She um, she clearly chose life. At this point, we don't know if the baby's alive. Our strong suspicion is the baby is not. Right. Um, but she's and she knew that. She knew that. Um, she had been through it enough that through miscarriages enough that she was already suspecting. But um, but her words to us um, before she left was, I feel so relieved. And the relief was not, the, the baby was probably dead. So it certainly wasn't that we had given any kind of false promises about the baby being alive. The relief was she now understood, I think from a more godly perspective, that she should not take her child's life. And yeah. if her child died, it was not going to be at at her own hand. So, um, in in the end, she had, she did tell her husband. She contacted the high risk doctor. She saw the OBGYN. I think two days later, and praise God that she had because this is again a difficult topic, and we're not going to go get into all of the ramifications of her decision, but um, she had an ectopic pregnancy. That That's why we could not find the baby in the womb. Yeah. Um, she was not miscarrying. The baby was growing, in fact, and was the tube was, it, the baby was on the ovary, is or in the ovary. I think on the ovary was how she described it. Okay. And, um, and that tube was like on the verge of bursting, um, yeah. which is, of course life-threatening yeah yeah so um the doctor in uh, immediate surgery they they took they took out the ovary and the baby and of course the baby died yeah um yeah so i stayed in touch with her um for she stayed in touch with me for about a month she has not written in it since you know in about a month but she she had she stayed in touch for that month and i was just trying to be a support and sharing verses and uh, kept offering counseling and the mentorship program, which ultimately she did she did not take. Yeah. But so some of the common themes um, that I have seen, because I think it's very important for counselors to know this is going to happen. I mean, I've seen yeah. it. I've seen it five times in a couple months. It's going to happen to other people. Yeah. So history of miscarriage, recent miscarriage, difficulty processing the grief. It was clear just by the deluge of tears over everything we talked about that she had never processed any of the struggles that she had gone through, any of the loss that she had gone through. Oftentimes, in all of the cases, she was um, the woman that I would counsel in these situations felt alone, that there was no one else who understood, particularly the baby's father. I guess with prior miscarriages, it was another another man who just okay. laughed it off. It he didn't understand at all what she was going through. Yeah, fear, which we brought up at the beginning, fear of the unknown. Uh, all of them expressed they would worry the whole pregnancy over the safety of the preborn baby. Right, which yeah. makes sense. You've had so many die at at various stages. They had died. Yeah. Um. Focus on avoidance of pain of losing another child. All of them express that. Um, lack of recognition of the irony irony of, of abortion to avoid the pain of miscarriage. They hadn't looked at it in that way. And when yeah. you said restate it, 
I think that's really important, that it be stated in a way that brings clarity to to that, that um, that certainty versus the possibility right. and that you're killing your baby to avoid your baby dying. Yeah. I've said yeah. it in, in those many words. Um, and uh, I think that kind of shocks them into, oh, yeah, that that is what I'm yeah. doing. Oh, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Now, of course, again, we're not going to say that in a condemning right. way, but we're going to say it just forthrightly. Right. Once you've built a relationship and built trust, you can get away with saying things in such a way that, you know, is from a friend almost in a yeah. sense, right? It's from a place of kindness and love. It's right. not from a place of condemnation or, or um, judgment. Um, and then the, the final common theme, uh, struggling to see God in the face of so much suffering. I think yeah. that is really important to, that's like the elephant in the room that we sometimes ignore, but I think it is sometimes important to just say, I'll bet it's a struggle to, yep. to feel that God loves you right now because it, I know it probably doesn't feel like it. Yeah. And, and to try and address that from a biblical um, perspective. So um, the counseling focus, uh, first and foremost, compassion. The first thing right. that we should do is say, I'm so sorry. I'm so yeah. sorry this is happening to you and how hard yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, one thing, I don't see it on your list of things to focus on, mm -hmm. but one thing I've found to be very helpful in mm -hmm. any situation that's like this, any, any situation, mm -hmm. is if you have a relatable story. Right. And so yes. if you have a miscarriage in your past yeah, or in your family, you know, for you guys that are listening, if your wife had a miscarriage and you experienced that, you can, you can identify with their pain right. by sharing your story. Now, yeah. obviously you're not trying to one up them. Oh, my story's worse than yours, but you're just saying, you know, I've been through this. I know what you're struggling with. I know the thoughts, the feelings, here's how I felt. And so if there's a way that you can relate to them, and maybe it's not a story that you have, but maybe it's a story of a friend, mm -hmm. um, it's helpful because it, it, it just lets them know that you at least see from their perspective, you can identify with the pain. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, don't condemn them. Use the Bible. Use logic. They're not being yeah. logical and, uh, you know, talking. We've already kind of gone over that, how you can rephrase it so that it, yeah. it makes more sense logically. Um, providing helpful resources. If you have a high-risk doctor, like like we do, but she's agreed to talk with anyone in the nation, it, a pro-life high-risk doctor, right. um, I think that can bring a lot of clarity and help them not to be afraid. Uh, yeah. Because And that's what happened when Edith talked with her. She helped uh, to reduce a lot of those fears, uh, bringing them back to God, bringing the focus back to God instead of the struggles, instead of the fears. And... Um, Something that um, I, I guess I've said it, but I want to state it. I like the way I actually said it in the in the article. Okay. Be truthful that sometimes suffering is incongruent with how our perception of life should be. Yeah, because I think we sometimes just say "buck up, cowboy," you know, instead yeah. of instead of you know what this isn't how life should be, and you can really turn that into a gospel discussion. Yeah. Yeah. None of us yeah, are I, living life how it should be, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I'm just remembering now, and I don't remember all the details because it's been some time, that I ministered to a young man in front of the Latrobe Abortion Center. And he, his wife had a miscarriage, and they were coming there for a DNC. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I remember he was so angry. He was so mad, right? He was angry at me. He was angry at everybody. And, you know, I eventually got him to calm down, ministered to him. But I believe I said something along the lines of it. And you, you say here, <laughs> be truthful that sometimes suffering is incongruent with your perception of how life should be. So using some big uh, words there, I think I said it like this. You know what, You know what, man? Sometimes life sucks. Yeah, that's basically what I meant. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's what you mean, right? It's incongruent with your perception of the way life should be. Yeah. Right? Sometimes, I, I share with him, man, like I believe that there's a God. I believe that he loves every human being. I believe that he... I don't believe that he is for miscarriage. I don't believe that he caused this miscarriage. But sometimes life sucks. We live in a fallen world, with fallen people, with things at work that we don't quite understand. And so I, I would be lying to you if I could tell you exactly why this happened. But I can tell you, based on what I, what I know from God's Word and knowing God myself, that He is good and that he wants to be with you through this, right? Will you trust him just to walk with you guys through this suffering? Now, that was somebody that was already, she'd already had the miscarriage and she was there for a DNC. Right. But I think the same principle applies. Sometimes life sucks, but yeah. wa- God wants to walk with us through it. Like yeah. Jesus literally came so that he could walk with us through life, right? He could be in us and comfort us. And, um, uh, he wants to do that for all those that put their trust in him. Yeah, exactly. In so many cases, the women feel alone. So I think love life is, you know, perfect uh, with the offering of mentors and the houses yeah. of refuge. So these women know that they don't have to walk this path alone. And we will in here in Charlotte, we do have enough mentors. We, we are able to um, appoint mentors for women who have miscarried yeah. or, um, or are struggling with the fears of miscarriage, and they will walk alongside them. And in her case, because the grief seemed so profound, I, I also offered um, counseling with a certified uh, family counselor, which we have again here in Charlotte. We've got reduced rates are free. Yeah. Um, resources for that, and she actually was um, she was very interested in that. She knew that she needed help to, to deal yeah. with this situation. But, um, as I was thinking of, these are some of the verses that I sent her, uh, later at, you know, over the month that I was talking with her, but, um, uh, Romans eight eighteen. for I consider that the suffering of this present time, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to compare to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us so yeah. that yes we're going to suffer but there is um there is glory awaiting yeah. and yeah. um you know hang hang in there um and then um another one uh the first peter 4:19 therefore let those who suffer according to the will of god commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator and i yeah. don't know that the suffering i this now as i'm looking at it, i'm thinking well the suffering like like you said i don't think the the miscarriage was the will of god but her response to it was was to do evil to rebel yeah, against right. god and and so when we're suffering the point the point i think that i was focusing on in this in this verse is commit to doing good anyway in yeah, in the midst yeah. of suffering do do good don't don't rebel against god and right yeah yeah so um and to remember, First Peter five eight is an, uh, another great one that talks about the devil wants to devour us. Resist him steadfast in the faith. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And and that was, I think, kind of echoing what I just said. Resist him. Don't don't fall prey to because I'm suffering. It's therefore okay for me to sin against God and do what right. I know He wouldn't have me do. But um, then the final thing that we have in this article are just some some things that would be good maybe ahead of time to know and to find in your community: the high risk doctor, Christian mentor, Christian counselor, and then there are Christian support groups for women who have suffered miscarriage. And I, I put the link for one in, in the article that we'll okay. put out with the, um, you know, with this podcast, because I, yeah. I do think sometimes it, uh, I recognize this was more than I was probably able to deal with alone. Yeah. 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 Well, I think this is all good stuff and just uh, stuff to make you guys aware of when you encounter this issue, you encounter women that are coming to abort because of, um, past miscarriages, yeah. or I think even helping women who've had miscarriages. Um, maybe this information. I think we did actually do an episode a while back about uh, a story in particular. I think we that you ministered to a young lady that had miscarried, mm. and so um, we talk about that in another episode. So, either way, we hope that these episodes are all a blessing to you guys. And if you have questions about this or other episodes, or maybe even suggestions for future episodes that we could do, you could reach out to me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You reach her, Vicky, with a Y, at lovelife.org. We'd love to connect with you and hear from you. Also, go on our podcast website, gospelcenteredprolife.com. That's where you can search all of our episodes that we've done in the past. And then you can check out sidewalksforlife.com, sidewalks the number four, life.com, for some training and equipping in the articles that we um, base these episodes on are there as well. But until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life. Nothing's too precious since I met you.